0: Hello. Welcome to Minnesota Law Weekly. I'm Doug Seaton, President and General Counsel of Upper Midwest Law Center. And as many of you know, this is Kendall Qualls, President of Take Charge Minnesota. The subject of this week's update is equality and equity. They are just two ways of saying the same thing, right? The tagline that equity is just the new and improved equality or civil rights 2.0 is heard frequently, but it is not true, as we'll explore here. Kendall, can you comment on the difference? Absolutely, Doug. And I'm glad to. You know, equity as defined by progressives
1: is actually the opposite of the equality before the law. Equality before the law was a hard fought legal battle for decades to ensure equal rights Of all Americans, it began historically as a demand for an end to the legal, legally privileged status of aristocrats and property owners in Europe and in in England, and then gradually expanded to equal civil and political rights for all Americans over time. So, how did these rights develop in in the new world of America? First of all, property owning Americans, white men had rights. Then, after the Civil War, these rights were in piecemeal, distributed in, in, incompletely and in piecemeal to other Americans, partic- particularly Black American men, at least in the North, Midwest, and West. Then, in the early, early 20th century, to women, and finally, with civil rights, voting rights, and anti-discrimination laws and court rulings, of the 1950s and 60s to all black Americans and other minorities, and then eventually to everyone. But Americans had had a good start on equality even earlier, if I'm correct, Doug.
0: Right, Kendall, that's correct. From the beginning in America, for many reasons, aristocratic privileges never really took root or were steadily undermined when they did. The colonists in New England and in Virginia all ultimately followed this rule. He that does not work, neither shall he eat. Scarcity of labor, abundant land, and frontier equality promoted equal justice under law. But equality before the law had other significant reinforcements going back millennia as well. Greeks and Romans all gave those who fought for their cities and and states significant civil and political rights And these expanded over time until most male inhabitants of the Roman Empire, irrespective of their ethnic background, were citizens. Jews and Christians' belief in the equality of all souls before God supported improved legal status for women and equal status in law and society generally. All these strands came together in the mid to late 20th century, didn't they, Kendall?
1: Yes, absolutely, Doug. By the mid and late 20th century in America— most would say that it is the content of our character, as Martin Luther King put it, not the color of our skin, or our bank accounts, our family history, or property holdings, or who we knew, etc., that matters in court. the voting booth in uh, real estate purchases, political office holdings,
0: school applications,
1: employment, etc.
0: Another way to look at this is that the expansion of equality under law is to see it as the continuous extension of rights previously limited to only a few. The right to a jury trial, for example, the right to bear arms or the right to vote or own property or hold office to all. The merit system, equal opportunity for all, and equal treatment under the law, the principles all Americans could and can affirm, were increasingly real for all, not just aspirational as they were in many respects when Martin Luther King Jr. uttered those words. We all know that this march toward equality has not been easy, but it has been inexorable until now.
1: You know, you're absolutely right, Doug. Only now have some bega- begun to claim. As George Elwell forecasted in his book, 1984, An Animal Farm, that some are more equal than others. That is an insidious reality of contemporary left-wing slogans about equity. Instead of equal rights and opportunities, the left demands equal outcomes, equal results for each racial ethnic group and gender group without regard for different individual inputs efforts, work, you know, work ethic, capacity, and contributions. Thus, those who work hard to achieve objectives are treated the same the, and have the same rewards in the equity ideology as those who haven't. They want to convert the old American credo to be amended to read all shall eat whether they
0: contribute or not. Even more ominously, Kendall, the woke ideology provides privileges only to people who fit the politically motivated definition of BIPOC, or Black Indigenous People of Color, and those said to be BIPOC allies, according to the left. So there are racial, ethnic, and gender privileges built into the equity ideology. This is just like 1870 to 1950s-style segregation in Jim Crow, but in reverse. Because there are those who supposedly are oppressed, so now there must be they must be guaranteed good outcomes uh, which they have not necessarily earned under the usual rules in America, which are work hard, act responsibly, and you can make your dreams come true. Or be all you can be, as the pre-woke army used to say. These rules are suspended for the newly privileged woke elite. Can you comment, Kendall, on the school impact of the woke credo? Let me provide you
1: one current example. One of the terrible results of this equity ideology at the Upper Midwest Law Center and at Take Charge, we have repeatedly heard from many parents who are frustrated and frightened by the collapse of discipline and rampant violence in Minnesota's K-12 schools. At least you think this is just a result of individual um, administrators' failures or errors? Think again. It's largely a result of equity ideology. Here's how it works. The school districts are told by the state of Minnesota that they cannot discipline more black or brown students than their percentage of school student population. Equal treatment under the law would say every student who violates the rules should be disciplined the same way, regardless of race or other irrelevant con- con- considerations. And this is it. And this is the fact of what discrimination law requires. But woke equity requires that disciplinary outcomes be the same for any racial or ethnic group. So if more offenders are black or Native American, as sadly but objectively often is the case, the districts have responded by declining to discipline them or by failing to discipline anyone for fear of discrimination charges brought by the state human rights department. This is a major reason the schools are in chaos. That is the fruit of the equity ideology. Failure to discipline in the schools and is then viciously followed by these kids turning to, to, to become adults and in Minnesota society by failure to prosecute actual crimes when later they become adults. And so equity marches on. Doug, can you uh, provide us a different examples to illustrate the difference that contradicts re- really between equality under the law and woke ideology? Can you, can you tell the uh, parable of the apple orchard?
0: Yes, Kendall, glad to do it. It's a good example. Once upon a time, I'll tell it, long ago, a man came upon an abandoned orchard. It was choked with weeds and underbrush, and the apple trees were stunted, unproved, Diseased, infected, and overgrown. So few apples were able to actually ripen. He worked hard to clear out the weeds and underbrush, pruned and shaped the trees, and addressed the disease and insect problem. Gradually, the orchard began to produce wonderful apples, which ripened in great numbers. The man exchanged many of the apples for goods and services others had to offer, including work in the orchard, by their voluntary exchanges but he still had many apples for himself and his family. Trading for the apples allowed the man to obtain the tools as well as other food items, clothing, and shelter for himself and his family. People were glad to have the apples at a fair and equal price or trade for all, but some complained that it wasn't equitable, that he had so many apples and they only had those they could obtain by trading for them or working in the orchard when there were so many apples. So they combined to pressure the government to require the man to provide apples to all, or at least to the privileged, more equal groups, without any obligation to trade something for them or to work in the orchard. Soon the apples were all going to others by government decree, and there were none left to trade. The man had no supplies or tools without trade and couldn't get workers or spend time himself working in the orchard, because he had to go to work to earn a livelihood and had nothing to offer in return for their services. The orchard, of course, declined. Weeds, underbrush, disease, and insects returned. The apples were choked and shriveled by overgrowth and lack of pruning. Soon there were few, if any, apples to be distributed, equitably or otherwise, and the orchard returned to its former abandoned status. The moral of this story, of course, is that equality under law means that all can obtain orchard apples or anything else at the price necessary for the owner to produce the apples, and this increases prosperity for all, while equity in apple distribution results in apples for none and diminished prosperity. We hope this session has brought some
1: perspective to the equality under the law versus equity debate. Our conclusion is that we're all truly free under a regime of equality under the law to make the most of our talents and lives. But that woke equity is simply a means of bringing back privileges for some and inferior status for the rest. While we all become less prosperous, as incentives to, to excel or even to follow the basic rules of society disappear. When it comes to equity versus equality under the law, We urge you to insist on equality under the law and reject the dangerous substitute, the poison apple of equity. Thank you for joining us. Take charge as an organization that promotes the promise of America is available to everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Thank you,
0: Kendall. That's it for this week for the Minnesota Law Weekly. You can learn more about the Upper Midwest Law Center by visiting umlc.org, our website, and you can also make a confidential tax-deductible donation on our website or by sending us a check to our address at 8421 Wyzetta Boulevard, Suite 300, Golden Valley, Minnesota 55426. And we would urge you to do that, please. We are fully donor-supported and charge our clients nothing. We are standing up for you in court and want to fight for you on every front. Help us do more for you by making a donation today. Thank you and we'll see you next week.